Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we get acquainted with a man who will be succeeded David Robertson as the St. Louis Symphony's music director. Stefan Deneuve will assume that position with the orchestra's 2019-2020 season. He has performed with orchestras in this country and all over the world. He is currently music director of the Brussels Philharmonic and principal guest conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra. But he's no stranger to St. Louis and, in fact, will be conducting here this week. We welcome Stefan Denev to our studio, the first of what we hope will be many visits in the future. Thank, thank you. you very much for having me, and thank you for pronouncing my name perfectly. Well, I'm glad we did that. That's <laughs> a, Every once in a while I get it right, but sometimes I miss badly. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on, uh, on your coming to St. Louis. I'm sure you're very excited about that. I am thrilled, and I just can't wait to make music with the orchestra very regularly. I'm afraid this season it's only one week, but that's this one. And that is this one, and uh, something for everybody to look forward to. Is it, is it perhaps, uh, given this, uh, this new association with the symphony, a, a little more meaningful to you this time? Well, it's always meaningful, of course, to make music with such great musicians. But I have to say, <laughs> it's a strange week because we're not yet officially married. Uh, next season, I will be kind of an official fiancé, being the music director designate. Today, this week, I'm, 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 I'm only a friend, but I don't want to disappoint knowing all the future we have together. So maybe I'm a little bit more nervous to really, really continue to please them. You know, now I know you're a definite uh, Frenchman. When you put something like that in those <laughs> romantic terms, <laughs> it, it's very, very clear. What, what, what uh, has drawn you to St. Louis? You've been here many times before. I think this is your eighth uh, performance with the orchestra, right? Eighth visit with, uh, with the orchestra, yeah. indeed. And uh, the, the, the reason I came back so regularly is because I really enjoy the quality of the music making and the friendliness of the orchestra, the quality of its whole. And uh, I always felt very welcome and, and really could express myself uh, deeply with these musicians. So it's very organic in a way, the way indeed the romance built between us. Uh, it, it was just a great debut long time ago already. And uh, I kept coming back with uh, always a growing enthusiasm. You've performed with some of the world's great orchestras. What, what do you see as setting the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra apart from them? You know, every orchestra has its own DNA and its own soul. And it's very interesting to try to explore that. And definitely this orchestra, who is the second oldest orchestra in this country, has for me a very interesting uh, DNA indeed. Uh, you know that there was a... A French conductor, uh, despite his name, Vladimir Goldschmann, who doesn't sound very French, he was a French conductor for very long. I think he was the longest tenure, even if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and I can feel that there is a, a great test for colors and uh, transparency. At the same time, uh, there is also a huge DNA of American music, uh, especially during the tenure of uh, uh, Leonard Slatkin and now David Robertson. So this is also a, a specific sound uh, which I found fascinating that I want to cultivate and maybe add back some, uh, some French test to it. You, you say a specific sound. Uh, could you elaborate on that? What, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's, a sound always exists with the whole. And uh, I, I believe uh, we're celebrating 50 years of Powell Hall, and it's a luxury 
for an orchestra all over the world to rehearse in the place they perform because it does create indeed a distinctive sound. And uh, I personally love um, the the uh, richness um, of uh, of the orche- of the orchestra here. It's a uh, um, also have a, a very lush uh, string section that uh, allow me to be very lyrical and. Um, uh, and I, I have to say, it's an orchestra that uh, also is very well balanced. I think it's not uh, uh, an orchestra that, for me, plays. You know, sometimes very some American orchestra plays very bright or very kind of you know harsh or something. And I always felt that here there was a, a, a very cultivated, uh, refined sound, which allowed, for instance, to uh, to play the classical repertoire. I believe much better than in many places in America, uh, because there is this, indeed this. Uh, great possibility to phrase uh, uh, the classical repertoire, and I'm looking forward to explore this repertoire with them. I've seen you quoted as, as saying that uh, you, you appreciate what you call the open-mindedness of the St. Louis Symphony. What, is, what does that mean? Well, the fact is, my way of working is often very visual. I like to make f- comparison with feelings, with sensations, with sometimes visual uh, comparisons, and I, I believe like... Uh, French author Baudelaire, you know, that said that uh, uh, les parfums, les couleurs et les sons se répondent in his famous poem Correspondences, meaning the, in English the, 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 perf- the perfume, the colors and the sound are responding. And I really need always uh, to express myself to be an orchestra that would accept some eccentric sometimes uh, comments in, in trying to imagine the sensation that the music should offer. And uh, uh, I have to say, uh, I love when the orchestra is really open-minded to receive those comparisons, those ideas, and uh, try to achieve them. And uh, I always felt that here, really a very smiley, open-minded uh, way to uh, to go with me exploring this sometimes uh, difficult to ex- to, 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 to express in words sensations. You know, every uh, musician, and in this case, a music director and conductor, brings his or her own interpretation, I'm sure, to whatever they're performing. How do you think yours will be different from our current music director, or, or will it be appreciably different? I hope so, because there's not one truth in music, and I think what is important is a real interactivity with the musicians and the audiences that we, we really uh, explore something different from the master work that we play. And uh, uh, I definitely hope that uh, any of the pieces that I may repeat that have been conducted by David Robertson will sound different. And that doesn't say that my version will be better than his. It just means that it will be interesting indeed to explore different facets of the masterworks. You know, I think for someone who is not a musician in particular, might wonder about that and how you explore different facets. You, you're working with music, there are certain notes, and there's a certain tempo. It's pretty much got to sound the same no matter who's doing it. Not at all. <laughs> and, and the best way for you to, uh, to figure that out, if I may, is to compare with theater play. Of with course, what, what, what? theater play. Like, uh, let's, oh. take, let's take a Shakespeare play. Yeah. I mean, obviously, those are the same words uh, written on the paper. But any, any uh, uh, actor will already bring his or her own world, accent, style. And then the stage director can 
totally change the way to phrase it, you know, to, 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 to put layers of, uh, of meanings uh, under what is said. And I believe, really, you have to believe that really the, the, the amount of freedom is the same for a conductor. You would say, oh, but the rhythm is written in, in a theater play. It's not written. Well, you could change tempos. You could almost be as free, even rhythmically, as an actor would be still wanted to be intelligible. And, and in fact, um, this is the incredible power of music that you can interpret it in such a different way. It's as free, indeed, as being an actor. Uh, are there certain composers you, pr you prefer to, to work with in the sense that uh, it gives you that a greater freedom of interpretation than others? It's a very good question, actually. I, I, I hope that I would find the same freedom in every composer. I think it just depends on the uh, quality of the, of, the, of the piece itself. I'm, I'm searching for uh, the pieces that have indeed such uh, uh, depth that you can explore many layers. And that's what I'm, what I'm doing, by the way, also with new music. I'm an I'm a extremely big fan of music of today. And I say music of today uh, because the word modern music or contemporary music, etc., uh, doesn't mean a lot because sometimes we say modern music for music that has been written 50 years ago. Mm. So, but what I try to, to search so strongly is to find new music, music of today that can become repertoire. And the word for me is very important. I will try to propose to St. Louis audiences new music that for me, I strongly believe could become repertoire. And that means that the music the musicians want to play and play again, mm -hmm. and the music that the audience want to hear and hear again. So I don't think we'll do uh, uh, often all world premiere all the time. I think we'll try to explore the pieces that needs to be repeated for the right reason, because they are really rich as a masterwork and could stand the test of time and become repertoire. Will we see any of uh, that this, this Friday morning and Saturday evening? Yes, actually. <laughs> Thank you very much. Indeed, I will propose to uh, the audiences a piece from a French composer called Guillaume Connaisson. And uh, uh, this is a comp composer on the music which is very dear to my heart. And I totally, passionately believe that this man is writing music that will become the repertoire of the future. Mm -hmm. And so we'll perform a piece called Flammenschrift, which is an homage to Beethoven and German music in general. And uh, I so hope that the audiences will be as enthusiastic or more than I am, because I truly love this music. It's very accessible. It's very tonal, meaning it has a language that uh, includes the, 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 the usual language of, uh, of, of music with harmony. And, um, and and tonality, and um, uh, and I think it's a great piece. D do you pick the music, uh, these the selections for what you're going to play on both of these days? Yes, indeed, it was. Uh, it always, uh, of course, uh, a back and forth discussion with uh, the orchestra. They always try to see what what they need to uh, to offer during the season to make it well balanced. But I was very lucky that indeed it's been already a few visits that. Uh, uh, I could really heavily influence the program. And I'm very excited with this program because it resonates with the city. You know, you are, uh, your iconic symbol is the arch. And I think uh, what I will propose is one of the greatest power of music, which is to build bridges mm. between different cultures. And uh, we'll propose a lot of French music, but which has been influenced by uh, a culture which sometimes has been the enemy culture, which is tr terrible, but uh, 
German and Austrian culture. And it's great that music indeed make peace with those two cultures and try to see the best of it mixed. Okay, the performances are 10.30 in the morning on Friday and 8 o'clock in the evening on Saturday. Another question I have strictly and obviously from the layman's point of view is the, the morning performance uh, is at 10.30, as I've just mentioned. In selecting music for a morning performance, do you take into consideration that it's going to be performed in the morning and would it be different than something you might select for the evening? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm afraid I absolutely don't think in those terms because um, I, 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 I believe um, good music can uh, wake you up at any time of the day. And uh, uh, indeed, I didn't take that in consideration. I think it's uh, very energizing music and uh, I hope people will have a, a great day following that being a full afternoon or only an evening. You're, you're on the road a lot. You're a busy guy, needless, needless to say. And but you come into St. Louis. I don't. Have you been in town long? This uh, this time. I have just arrived from New York actually yesterday night. So uh, this visit, uh, I, I I have not yet uh, been able to uh, to do more than actually um, uh, walking yesterday night as I arrived in a place that I love. By the way, I I stayed at the Chess Park Plaza, and um, I love the Central West End. Uh, I think it's beautiful little restaurants and bars and very walkable part of the town. So, uh, so I enjoy it. But I look forward later this week to, um, to visit places and visit flats. So. The, the reason I asked the question was, I mean, you just don't parachute, parachute into a town and then sit down with a 100-member with a orchestra and start playing. You, you need to rehearse. And to establish that rhythm and tempo and interpretation that you were talking about earlier, how much time do you have to work with the orchestra for this weekend's uh, work? People sometimes are surprised to know that it's very fast. I mean, we, we have usually four rehearsals, uh, three of two and a half hours and one of two hours. So it's extremely quick indeed. Mm. And yet, strangely enough, it is uh, standard and normal and, easy, and it still allows you to really heavily influence the interpretation because um, music is a very instinctive language and indeed just uh, as soon as you start even sometimes despite you you give a certain energy a certain presence to the music uh, without saying any words uh, it's it's quite magic so that's a but it goes very fast but what i love to do is uh, when i arrive in a in a town for for a week of concert uh, like i did yesterday night the first thing i do is to make a little promenade and uh, uh, because i love to feel the, the energy of the city. It's fascinating that uh, uh, every city, every the air is different. So there is something around, and, and I love to try to capture that a little bit before I start working with the musicians. I, I assume you're not going to live here permanently, given, given your other uh, assignments and tasks. Eventually, actually, uh, I, I will certainly move in America and, 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 and here. What's happening is that my daughter, who is uh, nine years old, and her name is Alma, is having a great time uh, at her school, which is the International School of Brussels in Belgium. And so for her, and only for her, my wife and I decided to um, wait a little bit um, until we make another big move. But, um, but in any case, today, with, of course, all the digital life, you can offer a big presence, uh, even virtually, to a place, and, and I will commit fully to, uh, to this orchestra. But if I was living here anyway, I would have to travel a lot to the other places. So uh, I'm afraid the conductor's life is definitely 
Life of a Traveler. What, what was your first exposure to music? Well, um, my father played a tiny bit of tuba as an amateur. So there was in north of France, where I'm from, if people know the city Lille, a lot of amateur uh, wind instrument uh, um, uh, orchestras and brass orchestras. And I heard that first. Um, and uh, uh, I was lucky enough that uh, the Orchestre National de Lille, the real symphony orchestra of that region, offered one concert in the little church of my village when I was eight years old. And uh, so that made me think that we really have to uh, offer music to uh, different places and go out of the of the concert hall sometimes because things like my story can happen. You know, when I heard this symphony orchestra and heard strings for the first time uh, in a church when I was eight, I, I must say that was an incredible emotion. But it's only later when I was at a school, a Catholic school, that I'm, I was hiding, listening to an old nun playing the organ. And I was, uh, again, fascinated by the beauty of this instrument. Uh, she discovered me and, uh, and gave me some piano lessons. And luckily for me, she noticed I had a, a little bit of ability to, to, with music, and she sent me to the conservatoire, and voila. Do you ever wonder what your life might have been like had you not been exposed to the music in this very musical village of yours? Well, uh, yes, actually, I, I, when I was 12, 13, I, I almost stopped uh, music uh, because I was totally passionate by uh, computers. It was the first wave of uh, personal computing, I mean, back in 82, mm -hmm. 3, 4. And I uh, programmed some video games and I was very involved in uh, in, uh, in this world. So actually, I almost uh, stopped music. Luckily, I didn't um, to emerge myself in programming, but I didn't. And then my mother wanted me <laughs> to be a doctor. And um, uh, and so I, I, I when I finished school, I had a doubt as well. Do I become an amateur musician? Because music was a part of my life and would stay a part of my life, but still go into uh, medical studies or not. And finally, I opted for trying music and um, uh, I'm very pleased with that, but I admire, respect and love uh, doctors and surgeons and I, uh, uh, I'm fascinated and, and um, sometimes envious about what they do. They, I try sometimes to save the souls a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, that sounds a bit pretentious, but they really save life, so they have the real job. Music hath charms to soothe the savage breast, so I guess it, there <laughs> is something medical almost uh, to, to that. Let's hope, just to make my, my mother happy. I, I've often wondered if, if Mozart and Beethoven had not been exposed to music and to the instruments, what their life might have been like. I can only imagine it would have been very frustrating because there was something inside them that wasn't being let out. Well, for composer of that stature, it's fascinating because I, uh, when I meet, for instance, my friend Guillaume Connaisson, he has to be in front of a white page every morning. He lives for that. Uh, he's missing it. If it's not, it's a, it's it's quite strange. I, I'm very envious as well. I'm not a composer myself. I only composed a few songs when I was heavily in in love. So that's not qualifying for being a composer. Uh, if you're a composer, you have the urge to just write every single day of your life, and that's. Um, that's a special gift. You'll uh, begin as a music director of the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra the 2019-2020 season uh, with a commitment to a, a certain number of concerts. Is that correct? Oh, yes. I do have a contract with a, uh, a minimum 
of uh, 12 uh, subscription weeks of concert plus extra galas and uh, you know I will do New Year's concert for instance and um, uh, this is very standard it's um, it's an I believe the same number of weeks uh, uh, as my predecessors um, and, uh, and 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 I think it's the right right number to uh, to shape the orchestra in one direction still allowing the orchestra to uh, to enjoy a lot of uh, guest conductors. And when you're not here, you'll be doing what you're doing now. Will you be with Philadelphia still, still working with the the Brussels uh, organization? Yes, and 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 uh, and some uh, some some other uh, guest uh, appearances as well, which is very healthy. I think it's very good that you you hear different sounds and you hear. Of course, I'm lucky enough to conduct really top orchestras, so um, it's very inspiring to. Uh, to see what they do and what they can do better sometimes and to uh, to try to be uh, learning uh, all the time from every experiences. And, and before you actually assume the position of music director here, you'll also be conducting back in St. Louis, what is it, 2018, 2019 season, is that? Yes, yeah. I will be indeed a music director designate, uh, which means that I will, uh, I, I mean, I could not offer more, I'm afraid, than four uh, weeks um, uh, in my schedule, but, uh, uh, but I'm very pleased with them because they are, uh, you know, uh, four visits during the season, and uh, and 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 you will see when you learn the the, the repertoire. It's kind of symbolically uh, four programs that are dedicated to love and to mm-hmm. building the romance until indeed the real wedding. So uh, uh, the meaning of those weeks is uh, is quite quite charming. I hope. There's that Frenchman coming out in you, <laughs> in you, in you once again. Uh, the the symphony is going to be announcing uh, its next season tomorrow. Um, you want to tell us what that's all about? <laughs> it's a top. It's, it's a military secret. I know it's, until it's, then. It's crazy. It's really military. I, I, I have been really uh, uh, asked to not say anything. I'm already giving you a little, little, uh, tiny information that I should not telling you that indeed uh, those programs are, are, are linked to building the romance, and it's kind of four steps uh, of uh, of romance of a love story, which I hope will be uh, what will happen between the St. Louis Symphony, and myself. I already love them. Uh, We will be looking forward to all of it, uh, starting with this uh, weekend, Friday morning at 10.30, Saturday evening at 8 o'clock, when Stéphane Deneuve will be conducting at St. Louis Symphony Orchestra at Powell Hall. Thank you, sir, so much for being with us. Congratulations once again. We look forward to seeing you again. Thank you for having me, and I hope to see you a lot more. Same here. Thank you. That's uh, Stephen Deneuve, St. Louis Symphony Orchestra Music Director Designate. He's here for two concerts this week, uh, Friday and Saturday, as we have mentioned. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.